0: Lord, I miss that organ so much. I just don't... I I think I've preached over... I calculate 250 or more excluding funerals and weddings, 250 more sermons from this pulpit, but this is different, and I'm not sure why other than tell you this dramatically and profoundly different. I just don't have a word to tell you what a blessing it is to stand uh, here before you uh, again from this pulpit. Actually, I have lots of words to tell you that, but there's, there's this little brass plaque that's embedded in the wood of this pulpit, and it's staring me right in the face. And it says, Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. And so instead of you hearing my mortal words, I would like to turn right away to the Word of God and see what he has to say. Romans six twenty three. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Sometimes you run across a single verse of scripture uh, that even to the most casual of readers stand out as being extraordinarily important, and it's not that the other verses are unimportant just that some verses stand out as being striking summaries of the Christian faith uh, this is the case with Romans 6:23 it's been called a Christian proverb the wages of sin is death but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord in this single verse we have both the essence of the Christian faith and that is eternal life free gifts in Christ Jesus but we also have uh, a an expression uh, a statement from the a deep and profound misery from which the gospel delivers us the wages of sin is death I was taken back by Uh, a university's advertisement on national television at halftime at this year's uh, Orange Bowl, quote, technological change is fundamental to the advancement of the human condition. The Georgia Tech community, students, staff, faculty and alumni will be leaders in improving the human condition in Georgia, the United States, and around the globe. A technological advancement? Yes. But improve the human condition? I'm not picking on Georgia Tech. She's a a fine institution. But enlightened Christians should know all that, like Humpty Dumpty, the human condition had a great fall. And all the means Kings and all the men horses could not put Humpty together again. They can't put it together again because, at the most basic and fundamental level, the human condition is utterly and helplessly entangled in bondage to sin and death. This has been the case since the great fall of Adam. And if we could take a time machine a thousand years into the future, unless Jesus has come again, then the human condition will continue to be utterly and helplessly entangled in bondage to sin and death. And yet how glimbly do we say that Jesus gives us the victory over sin and death. We often speak of Jesus' victory over sin and death like we're talking about the weather, God forbid, And do so in a ho-hum kind of way. And so it seems proper that we pause here before Good Friday and Easter to ponder the solemn truth. Uh, Today I want to talk a little bit about death. uh, Your death and my death and this world of death. And tomorrow uh, to talk about the men and women who inhabit uh, this world of death. uh, Sinners. And then if you're around here on Monday, Thursday evening, I would like to talk about uh, the importance, the immeasurable benefits of remembering Jesus as we uh, live in and journey through uh, this world of death. St. Paul had a remarkable way of saying profound truth in short and expressive statements. The wages of sin is death. Some have translated the word here, uh, wages, as stipend. Uh, The stipend of sin uh, is death. A stipend, of course, a wage, is something that we earn. Sinners get what they have earned, and we are paid in the currency of death. The very word death... I speak for myself and perhaps you too. It just fills your heart with blood-chilling reality. It has such a dark ring of finality to it. Certainly there are times when death may be seen as a kind of blessing. I've heard people refer to death as a a blessing, as it can be a relief from years of, of suffering and struggling and pain. I've even heard Folks say in kind of stoic resignation that death is simply a part of life. But no, heavens, no, it's not simply a part of life. It's the antithesis of life. It's the dead end of life. It's victim no more to be seen on earth. Of course, relief and pain and blessing, uh, relief and pain can be a blessing. But death itself is not a blessing. Uh, death is ugly. Death is not a friend. It's our enemy. The Bible calls it, St. Paul calls it in Romans, our last enemy. It is a frightening enemy. It is the fear beneath all fears. Lord Byron said in a poem, Death laughs at all you weep for. Mark how its lipless mouth grins without breath. So Byron describes death as a lipless a grinning mouth without breath, because death is a voracious predator uh, that wants to swallow us alive. Alive, death is is relentless. It never stops doing its work, and it can come suddenly and unexpectedly in the least expected time. This is this New Yorker cartoon? Where this man is is dressed up like a clown. He's standing before Saint Peter in heaven, and Saint Peter says to the clown, "Well." I guess that's the birthday party the kids won't soon forget. <laughs> <laughs> but death is so profoundly frightening and against what we want to think about it. Belief just helps us to deal with a dread reality. John Newton said, death is a great devourer. With his iron tongue, he calls for thousands at a meal. He has already called all the preceding... This is the guy who wrote Amazing Grace now. Death has already called all the preceding generations of men and all that are now living are marked as his inevitable prey. The old rock group, Kansas, captured our helplessness before our great last enemy. All your money won't another minute by dust in the wind. All we are is dust in the wind. But perhaps, at least in my opinion, Pascal, who was a great 17th century, he was a mathematician, he was a physicist, but he was also one of the greatest Christian minds that ever lived. I think that he gave one of the most vivid, gloomy, but realistic images of the horror of our great last enemy. Imagine, Pascal wrote, a number of men in chains, all under the sentence of death, some of whom are each day butchered in the sight of others. Those remaining see their own condition and that of their fellows, and looking at each other with grief and despair await their turn. This is the image of the human condition." Well, that's horrible, Frank Limehouse. You've come in retirement more gloomier than ever. <clears throat> but to be honest with you, I don't feel gloomy at all. In fact, so far I'm having a pretty good day. But can anyone take issue with the fact that death is a grim re- reality? It's so horrible that we don't want to even think about it. There's another New Yorker cartoon that's hanging in the power room at home where this one prim and proper woman says to her prim and proper friend, I feel better now that I'm back in denial. (laughs) Death is so horrible that we don't For us to think about that the infidels, the unbelievers, say that we believers invented religion. They say we invented this religion of ours to escape the reality of total annihilation, eternal nothingness. Someone asked me just a few days ago, if having been retired from ministry for over a year now if my theology had changed in any way. And I merely replied, I said, not one iota, not one dot. However, having said that, I will say that as as I age, not so slowly, but surely, I think more about how few years uh, that I have on earth, and as a result I am now more convinced than ever that the church's primary job is to prepare people for death. Well, I can hear someone thinking, "I should think that the church's primary job should be prepare people for life for heaven's sake." And I can only reply that by saying, if we're rightly prepared for death, then we'll be prepared for life. You see, there seems to me only two logical possibilities in the aftermath of death. And one possibility in the aftermath of death is, as the atheists believe, total and eternal nothingness, annihilation, eternal non-existence. But I love what Charles Spurgeon said about infidels and atheists. He said, there are not any of these except on earth. There are none in heaven. And they're not in hell. As some in hell might have used to been unbelievers, but they're not unbelievers anymore. Atheism, Spurgeon said, is a strange thing. Even the devils never fell into that vice because the devils believe and tremble. And so a total and eternal nothingness is one possibility. And the other possibility in the aftermath of death is to stand before Almighty God. It is exactly as it is written in Hebrews, quote, it is appointed for men to die once and after that becomes judgment. After that comes judgment. And I firmly believe that if we are prepared for death and to stand before our judge, then we will be rightly prepared for life. And in light of that, I return to St. Paul's remarkable verse. The wages, the stipend, of sin is death. Yes, that is gloomy. But then comes that wonderful word that we run across in the Bible, that wonderful but. But the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Now, you might have expected St. Paul to say the wages of sin is death, But the wages of a righteous life is eternal life. But no, what a marvelous contrast from wage to free gift. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. And this is the power behind the 23rd Psalm. Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Valley of the shadow of death. Does the valley of the shadow of death conjure up a gloomy, frightening kind of image? Well, focus on that word, through. Yea, though I walk through the valley of death, I will fear no evil. King David expected to walk through death and dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, when you think of death and all of this frightening images, when you think of death, when you think of your death, when you think of death of your loved ones, remember... All of the innumerable saints who have walked through the valley of the shadow of death in times past, but above all, think of one greater than David. They walked through it. Jesus Christ, he died. A bloody and painful death for you and me, but death could not contain him. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. And thus St. Paul could sing out in all ages, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? Thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you believe this? The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ. Yes? You believe this? Well then you are adequately adequately prepared to die, no longer in fear or in grief, and you are certainly prepared to live eternally. May God draw reluctant hearts, and now give doubting souls courage to believe this, for Jesus' sake. Amen.